Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California from the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign. This is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, bona fide rock and roll royalty. <laughs> Indisputably in the conversation for the greatest female rock vocalist of all time and a rock and roll hall of famer to boot. Nice to meet you, Ann Wilson. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, thank you very much for being here. I fell into uh, a YouTube wormhole looking at stuff you've done, performances and videos and whatnot of you from over the years. Do you ever YouTube yourself to reminisce about things? Well, not to <laughs> not to reminisce, um, but usually uh, when we're on tour, sometimes if we are trying out a new song or something... I'll go on YouTube the next day because there's always like somebody's yeah got it on their phone and you can get a fix on how it's coming across. Uh huh. But that's it. You're never tempted to just say, oh, "Let's see what 1982 looks like," or well, 1997 by accident sometimes uh -huh. because would you admit? Yeah. Would you admit if you YouTubed yourself? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I would. Um, sometimes, uh, what's really shocking about those old YouTube videos is the fashion sense <laughs> you mm -hmm. know the hair and the big shoulder pads and all that kind of stuff is yeah it's crazy weird something that i've noticed about the last i think in particular the 1980s is a lot of the music has aged very well but the visuals that went with it are just you know yeah. i'm a big smiths fan and it's just like to to watch them almost makes it hard to take the music seriously it's really distracting yeah the the whole image thing was really distracting and it was hard to live behind yeah well i Actually, I wanted to ask you about that. How did anybody need to twist your arms to, to twist your arm to be to eighties it up in the eighties? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you know MTV was new then, and they were playing rock videos exclusively then. So there were rock video shoots with um, directors and storyboards and all that kind of stuff, and tons of money being spent on these big productions, and stylists and hair people and clothes people. So it was like making a mini movie. Right. And they would dress you and they would, you know, you were kind of like, well, do I really need that? Yes, you do. You the know? bar kept getting raised. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then uh, then the challenge was to take those get-ups out into the live situation, out into 100-degree <laughs> heat and stuff with the big, huge hair and the corsets and all that. Right, right, right. And stylistically, the band obviously evolved from the 70s into the 80s, and I noticed there's a, a, a path a, a lot of um, 70s bands followed. The, the example that comes to mind for me is always Chicago, who were releasing songs in the 80s that were Chicago really in name, in name only. Mm -hmm. I mean, did you ever feel like you were breaking more than just bending stylistically to be able to remain current. Yeah, it was a definite go down to the crossroads moment <laughs> where you where you you go like let's see do I want to be delegated to the where are they now file mm -hmm. or do I want to maybe you know put on this corset and 
do a song that's being like what's being played on the radio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back then we chose, let's just make make the theater. Let's just go to the theater, you know. Yeah, yeah. And at first it was fun. Right. Playing dress up, I guess, is yeah. for, for a little yeah. while until you realize you're, it's like Kiss. The first right. couple of shows were probably a lot of fun. Did they realize <laughs> right. they were going to be putting that makeup on for the next 40 yeah. years, you know? Guess what? Now you're a prisoner. Did you, uh, did you ever, was there ever a point in the early 80s where you thought, hey, maybe we just had a good run and that was that? No, I've never felt that way. Mm-hmm. I've always been pretty hopelessly optimistic about um, being an authentic person that just, keeps on saying, you know, writing stuff that people like. I've always been maybe even in living in illusion about that. I've never felt part of a trend. I, I think that that is fair. I think that your your band has been of your times, but certainly not defined by it or, you know, right. typecast, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Um, one thing I noticed going into this YouTube wormhole, I feel like your paths have crossed a decent bit with Sean Colvin. Yeah, uh huh. I'm such a fan of hers. Oh, she's amazing. She's a good human, and um, See, it comes across so talented. Yeah, just a good gal. Yeah, I I really like her. So, uh, we can really we can really hang out and talk. Yeah. I, I love. She's a very 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 different singer from you. Yeah. Um, yeah. she's not. I don't think it's rude to say the most technically skilled singer who's ever lived. But I, I can't think of another singer where. You feel more of the human being coming she's through. She's very personal. Yeah, yeah, she's really personal. And she's a good storyteller. Yeah. And uh, I think she's a really good, a great technical singer, too, myself. I may be missing pitch, something. Yeah. Pitch perfect. Uh, mm-hmm. When you're just talking about technical things, you know. Right. I guess I was thinking more of, you know, the, the, the pyrotechnics of showing off the right. range and stuff like yeah. that. She yeah. tends to stay in more of a um, uh, conversational almost yeah. mm-hmm. uh, range, a zone. Another thing that I noticed checking out YouTube stuff is just how many times live and recorded you have covered Led Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where does where does Robert Plant sit in your pantheon of rock vocalists? Well, I think he's one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, not only rock vocalist but lyricist. Um, back then in the Zeppelin days, and also in more recent days. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a he's a musical artistic nomad, you know. He's I've always thought that he was one of the people that I listened to at the beginning to learn how to sing high and learn how to just relax and say words. Uh-huh. That's a big thing for a singer's pronunciation. Right. And uh yeah, he was always a teacher of mine for sure. When did you first start to realize that you and or your sister, I don't know who got really good first, were not just pretty good, not just good enough to impress people at a club, but like pro level good. Was that was that a, a surprising thing for you to realize or is that something you had dedicated yourself to becoming? Um, we didn't consciously dedicate ourselves to becoming good. We just played so much. Before Hart even had an album out, we had already been together for four years, right? Playing every place we could, every little honky tonk and tavern we could ever play. Yeah, and that's what makes you good is is practice. So you feel like the reps. Yep. You feel like other other bands maybe if they'd put the same work in could have gotten to the same level. Absolutely yes. Okay. I really subscribe to that. If I was talking to a young hopeful band, I'd say, don't expect to go on The Voice or one of those things and. 
have a career overnight. What's going to make you have a real career is um, honing your thing by doing it. Yeah. For a long time. Your songs have been covered numerous times, I think, on shows like American Idol and mm-hmm. all that. How how these are not always the most, um, I'm, I'm trying to not use negative words, but there's sometimes a bit of a cheese factor to the presentation on a show like American <laughs> Idol. Yeah. Oh, how really? Do you, you how, think so? How do you receive <laughs> it when, when you see your songs get sort of uh, American Idoled up? I think that... Um, it's good practice for for people. A song like Alone, for instance, which has been covered a lot, is a uh, it's a storytelling challenge. It's a the ballads are harder than the rockers because they're so personal. And whenever I see somebody take that one on, I think good for you, kid. Mm-hmm. Just go go get it, you know. Um, and there's some physical challenges in there too that I think are really good for people to try. But the problem with all that, with covering a version like on American Idol, is that usually people try and copy the original, mm-hmm. so they're not getting anywhere on their own. Right. You know. Right. Right. When you, when songs like the first batch of hits that you wrote started coming together, do you remember thinking these are these are hits? Like, I think there are certain bands, Oasis, for example, comes to mind. Of I think they were like, oh, we've written three hits. Let's go, right. <laughs> let's go get a record contract now because we've got the hits ready to go. But yeah. most people are not that. Uh, I never felt that. Yeah. Not even once mm-hmm. in this whole 40 years. I've never known when we had a hit. Really? Uh-uh. Never. I, I wanted to ask you that, too, because I feel like after you had a couple, you would start to say, I've asked other bands that. When you've written, uh, I was talking to Kirk from Metallica. When you've written that many classic songs, don't you just kind of know, oh, that, well, there's another standard that we've written. And... Well, I think your key word, word there is standard. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's like, it depends on where you set your bar. Yeah. If you just want to repeat yourself over and over again and be formulaic, right. then, yeah, you could just write the next Barracuda, Barracuda 3, Barracuda 4. If, but I've never wanted to do that. We've, we've never wanted to repeat ourselves. We, we've always wanted to reach up higher and higher yeah and be different every time it's a skill some people have and not necessarily the most desirable skill i'm not a huge fan of bands that repeat themselves over and over again but it's not necessarily a great thing to be able to write that same song over and over again because the temptation must be so great well i think you put the lid on any kind of possibility of evolution you have when you start to do that yeah yeah, you know that's right. I, I I wanted to ask you about Barracuda. I play in a cover band from time to time, yeah. and it is deceptively uh, uh, weirder than yeah. than it seems. Was there ever? I don't know if you'd even remember at this point. Was there ever any point where you said, "Boy, I don't even know when it's going from the the E to the to the C. Maybe yeah. we should just make this more straightforward." Or was that part of the master plan of the arrangement? Is there is there is there is there some mystery and magic in in the weird? Uh, transitions from one yes. chord to another. Yeah, it was intentional. Yeah, and um, it's it's just a bar of five thrown in to four four time. Oh, I could have used that. Yeah, I, I, I could have. That was that's a pretty simple way of looking at it. <laughs> but uh, but if it was only four four all the way through, the song wouldn't have that little extra catch to it. Yeah, it's that bar of five that takes it out of the ordinary. Yeah, we just as a band just made eye contact. For, for, right. Well, that's the, here's where that's cool too. But <laughs> <laughs> just just look at each other and somebody throw up a flare. Right. Right. Exactly. That's how that's how we did it. We we, we mainly pulled it off. 
people yeah. drink very heavily at our shows, so I don't think they And were. that's good yeah. for listening to rock music. We like count that. on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I saw, I, I Wikipedia'd you, which is not always the greatest place to get information on people. Um, I was not aware of this at the time, but according to Wikipedia, or whoever's written the article about you there, in the 80s, you were sometimes lumped in, especially in the late 80s, with the hair metal movement. Right, and yeah. I wonder how you felt about that then, now, or. Well, it is true that we had huge hair. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is, yeah. So that was one of the criteria, right? And we but did so did a lot of people. I mean, didn't, didn't John Waits have big hair? I mean, a lot of people, flock of seagulls, everybody had big, had hair. big hair. Yeah, it was a flock of hairdos. Yeah, it sure was. But but um, but no, we never played that kind of music. You don't so you don't see it that way. It was an image thing, I think, that makes them say that about yeah. us. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. And then subsequent to that, you, you you were and your band were really embraced by the Seattle grunge community, and I understand you're from that that area, yes. and I understand you had a studio as well that a lot of those bands used. But how did it work out? That did, did those bands say, "Oh, you're an influence on us. We grew up, you know, listening to you," because there's not an obvious musical connection between Heart right. and Alice in Chains. That's right. Um, they listened to us when they were they they grew up to us, and mm-hmm. you wouldn't know it, but the members of Alice and Ch- especially uh, Jerry Cantrell mm-hmm. always loved uh, Elton John and Joni Mitchell, and you know people that you won't hear in um, Alice's style. Right. So it's just uh, Seattle's always been a big music town of really sort of rebellious place. There's not a bunch of trendy music there. It's it's a bunch of, you know, pissed off musicians in little bars. <laughs> did, 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 I, you know, I've, I haven't been to Seattle, to be honest with you, since the 90s. Did it leave like a, a stain on the is there is there a bit of the scene that's frozen in time because of how successful it was at one time? I know somebody who grew up in New York that you would the ghost of CBGBs at a certain point made it hard for a new sounding band to succeed at CBGB's. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's the same in Seattle. I mean, back, back in the so-called grunge era, there were people from New York and LA, um, flying into the airport there in their business suits and then changing into a plaid shirt (laughs) and and, uh, walking around with a record contract, looking for the first guy they saw to sign, you know? And, uh, so the outside world will still call the music scene of the 90s grunge when actually nobody in Seattle liked the term grunge or called it grunge it was just music right you are uh you're a rock and roll hall of fame inductee i'm always curious if the any your band belongs in any hall of fame that might be set up for music but i was surprised when they first announced the rock and roll hall of fame I didn't think it was going to work. I didn't think they were going to get it off the ground. Reason being, who decides who's in yeah. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Good question. You and know? that's um, when you are under consideration to be inducted into the Rock Hall. It becomes very political. Mm-hmm. And it isn't just because the fans out there want you in the Rock Hall. No, it's a political process to get you inducted. And uh, it all comes down... In the end, it's does Jan Wenner like you or not? (laughs) 
Right. He's the. With the did he make Rolling Stone? He's the. It was the editor yeah. of Rolling Stone for uh, for forever. Um, right. So so you can sort of trace it to, mm-hmm. uh, sort of a group of rock intelligentsia who decide if you are have indeed made a mark on pop culture or not. Right. Uh, that doesn't seem quite right. <laughs> right. Uh, the year we got inducted, they also inducted Rush. Uh-huh. And, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you can kind of understand why it takes them so long to induct women, because they've always had sort of a female um, absence of females in the Rock Hall. Mm-hmm. But why would you not induct Rush? You know, why would it take so long to induct them? And the whole balcony was full of rabid Rush fans that sure, night. Sure, sure. Just going like, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> it was it was pretty amazing. Right. I guess they were never uh, a cool rock act, and I think that's right. a big part of having that currency. Yeah, I mean, the OJs are, I mean, with all due respect to the OJs, you could right. name a lot of bands, you know. Yeah. And uh, I just find it, you know, interesting in the regard that, say, Baseball Hall of Fame, there's just objective measures. How many home runs did you hit? How many games did you win? Right. There's no there's no painter Hall of Fame, you know. Sean no. Colvin's never going to go in the Rock and Roll Hall right. of Fame, and she's a, a Hall of Fame-worthy talent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, do you find that there are – well, I, th- I think I know the answer to this question, but what do you find are the differences between being a successful – I'll say famous musician in 2017 versus 70s, 80s, 90s. Mm. What is the lifestyle like in regard to uh, compared to the past? Oh well, I wouldn't. I can only speak for myself. Sure. Yeah. But but um, my lifestyle now is way more down to earth than it was, say, in the late 70s or or 80s. Back then, I was just so happy to be getting truckloads of money and living the high life, you know, and sports cars and mm-hmm. champagne and all that kind of stuff and big house and very very much more materialistic than now. Um, and that's partly because of my age then too, you know, I was just like, woo, I'm, I'm 27 and I got all this money, you know. Sure, when it was the era as well. Uh, right, yeah, the era. But, but um, now I find it much more I mean, money is freedom. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can do what you want to do. You don't have to worry, but it certainly isn't any kind of satisfaction. You have the freedom to, uh, I understand, on your on your current tour, you're doing a lot of new material and you, you um, are resisting the, um, the temptation to be a, a human jukebox, so to speak. Yes. <laughs> yes, I am resisting that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm doing in my current set, which is not a heart show. It's my own thing. Yes. And I'm doing, I think, three or four heart songs that have been really reimagined. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of it is new stuff and fantastic, surprising covers. Right. How do you reconcile that with knowing that there are some people who are going to pay good money you have to be satisfied as an artist you have to want to be there you have to be engaged right. but then there's also people who may be spending hundreds of dollars to get a ticket and they that's would right. be very happy if you just played a greatest hits album it, right yeah and that's the that's that's the rub there you know because if you if a person wants to uh go out and sacrifice yourself moments of your life to make the money for lifestyle maintenance and so that the audience hears the hits and you make the big money 
then that's one thing. If you don't want to become a human jukebox, mm-hmm. you take less money and you tell people first, this is not going to be that other thing. Yeah. This is me stretching out. You know, then then you that's the bargain you strike up. And people who don't want to see you experiment and stretch out won't come. Right. And some others who might not want to go see the meat and potatoes thing will go like, wow, this is something fresh. I want to go see that. Right. How, if at all, do you feel the music industry has changed and the media has changed in the way it deals with female musicians? Yeah, it's it's changed somewhat. It, it pop, if you look at pop music, it's dominated by women, many of whom write or at least co-write a lot of their songs. Yeah. So in that limited sense, it's never been a better time to be a woman in music. Right. I'd like to see more guys in pop music. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm kind of missing them at this point. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Um, just really good, talented, beautiful male singers. Yeah. I think we need more. Um, I think the way, to answer your question, the way the media, the pop media panders to women right now, how do you mean panders? Okay. They they say, yeah, we believe in independent women as long as they look a certain way, act a certain way, sing a certain way, dance a certain way, and are at least triple threats, backwards in high heels. So there's a great big, <laughs> you know, caveat put on the acceptance of the young independent woman today. Um, right. Right, and you end up with uh, what's her face from the Harry Potter movies doing uh, interviews about how she's a feminist with her top off. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's the the hypocrisy is easy is not easy to miss. Right. For sure. Um, but I, I don't want to get into this too deeply. But you you've had a falling out with your sister. Um. Really, what's what's happening there is that I. What we're talking about here is not being a human jukebox. Right. And for a couple of years now, I've been going, wow, I'm in a band and I feel like a human jukebox. I'm being imported and paid a lot of money just to do the same thing every night for years. And I got tired of that. And um, so that's why we're doing our we're going our, our separate ways right now. And I'm doing my solo thing because I don't want to do that other thing right now. It's not really about a falling out. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's about a creative... Um, our paths have diverged right now. Okay. Do you expect that they will join up again at some point? I can't say. You know, like we don't have any plans yeah. beyond this year. I know that it won't go back to the old way it was, ever. Uh-huh. But, um, but that's a good thing. That's actually really a good thing. You know, like just think of the freshness, the vitality that could be heart. Right. Um. And like David Bowie says, we'll do the hits, you mm-hmm. know, but it's not going to be the old way ever. So I think it's time for, for people to look at our situation as not such a big bummer. Mm-hmm. It's a it, it's a door that's wide open. Yeah. Does it give you a pause that the reality is that you can go your separate ways? You, you've been partners for decades. Mm-hmm. You can go your separate ways, but... It's easier for the singer to go solo than for the guitar player to go solo. That just through the fluke of the instruments you mm. chose. That that may be true because I get to say the words, mm-hmm. and the words are the most magnetic thing from brain to brain, a lot of the time. Um, right. Well, and I think people are willing to accept a different 
guitar sound, a different drum sound, most people don't even notice the difference. But right. you can always tell when there's the new singer, you know? Right, yeah. And so far, Journey's the only band that seems to have cracked that one. Well, because they got somebody who sounds so much like Steve Perry that you almost can't tell. It's close enough. I can tell, but, right. you know, a lot of people can't. Um, I think that... Uh, I think Nancy Wilson is an extremely talented person, not only as a guitar player, but as a singer and as a songwriter. And I think that when she has some time out from under my shadow as a singer, you know, people are going to discover her more and more. Mm -hmm. And for her, the door is wide open, too. Right, right. That's That follows as well. find her own self, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, does it ever... does Do you ever get used to people like me asking you personal questions no <laughs> right um so let's just talk about finally the the tour and and you have uh, new material yes and yeah. so where what are you writing about what where what inspires you nowadays what's the process like what inspires me nowadays is what's always inspired me in all days and that's um deep feelings uh passion um what i'm I'm uh, what my spiritual path is at the moment, which we do a song right now called Anguish that that is uh, about that moment in love where you're so unified in love that you can't even stand it. It's too much to even stand. It's that orgasmic moment when it's it's you see it all. All the light is in you, you know. Right. Uh, we d there's a song called That, and, and there's a song called Fool No More, which is about being absolutely in the moment now. Not Maybe there isn't a future. There is no past. It's this right here, right now. And that's what the song's about. It's a blues song. That's not a typical blues. No, it's not. Lyrical subject. Nope. Well, that's fun. But All it's right. simple. Yeah. I, I suppose, yeah, I guess it can be. Mm -hmm. If you're doing it right. Yeah. Um, if you can find that flow state. Well, uh, thank you for your time. You're welcome. It's been really, uh, really neat talking to you. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, Ann Wilson, you're on tour through, uh, well into the summer, and people can probably the easiest way they can find out about that is at Ann Wilson on social media. Yeah, social media, Ann Wilson of Heart. Um, Dot com, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, and best of luck. Uh, thank you. More to come on this week's Tully Show, a conversation with comic actress Beth Dover after this on Faction Talk. Welcome back to the Tully Show here on Faction Talk. I am joined by my next guest, the actress Beth Dover. Hello. Hi. Thanks nice for having me. Nice to meet you. Thanks nice for coming. You. you, If you are in a television series, it is virtually guaranteed that I'm going to enjoy it. And that is partially because you are a talented, entertaining person, but also because you... wait a minute, let's go back to that. Okay, it's yeah. mainly me, right? That's what that's what you're enjoying you, about yeah. the show. <laughs> you mainly <laughs> make them, but because you've fallen in with this crew of people, and mm -hmm. like, does does it have a name for itself? It's like this: the nexus of the cordry, the stage. Yeah, it's like a little comedy Venn diagram, and I'm sort of on the periphery of that. I think you know. I think. Entertainment Weekly or someone did some type of actual like Venn diagram about all these people. Of course, uh -huh. I'm not on it because I'd be like on page 12 
of it. But you know, uh, yeah. Well, I'm, you're not historically. I'm not historically a big part of it. But you're you're dead center. I'm in it nowadays. I'm around. I did not realize until I did a little bit of research that you are married to Joe Latrulio. I am. This could have something to do with the whole Venn diagram situation. I was going to ask you about that. I wasn't <laughs> sure if there was a delicate way to do that. Are you saying that I'm, you know, the whole career is based on my husband? It might be. Listen. If you slept your way to... I slept my way to the middle. Or to the bottom <laughs> middle, the the beginning of the middle. Lower yeah. middle, yeah. <laughs> if you slept your way here, it's fine. You you, you totally deserve to be here. Now, I, I'm a, <sighs> a gigantic fan of the state going back. Like, uh, I, um, I, I bought the state... On VHS off of eBay multiple times. Oh, you were one of those guys. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. State fans are the coolest, though. Were you, did you? Was that the show that you? Enjoyed? Yeah. You know, I was a fan of the state, and I certainly had friends similar to you who had the VHS copies, the bootleg VHS copies. Yeah, because they couldn't release it for years because of the music on The it. music rights, which yeah. is crazy. At the time, when they shot it on MTV, you could just use all the music that was on MTV, you know? Yeah. Well, Soul Asylum I, or, like, whatever it was. And I assume that the, the labels would give them a lot of leeway because everybody wanted to be buddy-buddy with MTV. So you would have a dumb comedy sketch with, like, puppets, and it would have, like, Smells Like Teen Spirit in the totally. background. Yeah, totally. I know. And then, uh, which is why it took so long for them to be able to release the DVDs. They had to get sound-alike music because MTV owned all of that, you know, or the... Right. Artists themselves and MTV owned all of it. So, yeah, it was uh, really hard to get out. So, uh, did you meet him through work or did work meet you through him? So, basically, what happened was I was living in Los Angeles with his brother, Brian. Oh. And um, this guy came over and it was his, it was Joe. And I was like, oh, my God, it's the dude from the state, but really wet hot. I was a huge wet hot American summer fan. Sure, same here. Um, And uh, and I was like, oh, awesome. So then I I basically just slutted it up with my roommate's brother. I mean, he would come and crash on my couch, you know, during pilot season. And he was living in New York at the time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we kind of dated long distance for a couple years. We've been together for like. 14 years we've been together for a really long time and you so. and you have a child yes eli he's 14 months oh okay so i just yeah okay because i have a uh, a five-year-old son Aww. so i'm kind of in the same boat i want to yeah. ask you a question about that this is an awkward and potentially sexist question <laughs> do you feel like your attitude towards comedy and your work and stuff has changed at all because of being a mom, and and to, to preemptively answer the criticism, no, I would not ask a man that same question. Right, exactly. But in my experience, and this may be deeply sexist of me, I think motherhood affects women often more deeply than fatherhood affects men for fairly obvious reasons. Certainly, initially, I would think. Um, you know, I uh, I was really conscious of it. Not, I was like, I'm going to be, and you know, I gotta, you yeah. know move through that but you know yeah of of course it changes you as a person I mean it was kind of a crazy experience though because I had Eli and three months later I was flying to New York with a three-month-old and my cousin to shoot Orange is the New Black in New York while Joe was shooting Brooklyn Nine-Nine here in LA so I lived in New York for six months uh, with with Eli and, wow. and my cousin while I shot That's Orange. That's really little to be separated from the parent. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, right. And so every three weeks he'd have a one-week hiatus from Brooklyn and he'd come out. And um, and I just stayed in New York because I wanted to just... Because I was, you know, it was probably, I don't know what kind of podcast this is, but I was like breastfeeding and I just didn't want to like fly oh, back and forth. We talk about breastfeeding all the Great. time Great, I figured this was a breastfeeding <laughs> podcast. Um, I thought it was... Uh, this is the lactation uh, yes, hour. Yes, yeah, lactation hour. Lactation right. hour with Mike Tully. Um <laughs> 
and and me if you'd like me to be your co-host. Sure. Like, I have yeah. some we probably could use the woman's, a woman's touch on the <laughs> you know lactation. I think, <laughs> I think maybe we could. You know, I've been listening to it. And, uh, yeah. Things it's, great, it's, great, saying is, it's a great show. I'm just saying there's a couple of things we could fix couple, up a little couple bit. A couple of things missing. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, it was wild. So I was working a lot. I was working all through my pregnancy on another period. And then I was... So all the fears that I had associated with having a baby, which was I would never work again were completely unfounded. In fact, I worked more pregnant and right after I had a baby than I ever have and have kind of continued to do so. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It changed in a great way. I, okay. You know that yeah. phrase, babies bring bread or whatever? It's kind of true in my case, I think. Oh, Or okay. babies bring blessings or, you know, whatever you... Yeah, there's something good about babies. So. Yeah, you know, babies. <laughs> have you found that to be the case? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I actually feel like um, in my life... It, I've gotten a lot of really good breaks. I'm an incredibly fortunate person. And there's a lot of times where things could have gone a couple different ways and they went the really, really good way. Mm -hmm. And I fear that my luck cannot possibly last forever. And that I, by not dealing with really tough blows as a young person, when bad stuff inevitably comes, I will be completely incapable of handling it. So are you saying that bad stuff has never happened? I'm not saying bad stuff has never happened, but I do feel incredibly lucky and I don't mean that in like a generic sort of like aren't we lucky that we were born in America kind of Mm -hmm. thing I feel like I've gotten some really really cool breaks along the way that's good well yeah 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 I mean it beats the alternative yeah Uh uh-huh uh-huh so you thought that why would you be concerned that uh parenthood would affect your career in terms of the work you got it was probably sexist on my part too I figured people I don't know that I'd be too consumed with um, just the everyday... With the breastfeeding. It's mainly about <laughs> breastfeeding. Let's go back to the breastfeeding. So you take your poop out. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I was just worried for whatever reason. I mean, yeah. I was shooting Orange and I was pregnant. at the. I was shooting season four of Orange and I was pregnant. And I, I didn't tell anyone until episode seven or eight. I mean, I was really pregnant. I was like seven months pregnant before I said a word. I don't know a whole lot about that show, but I feel like if there's any show that you should be able to be womanly, it would be Orange is the New Black. 100%. I realized, oh, and I said it, I saw I'm pregnant. It was like, great, we'll figure it out. Here's a big bag and, you know, hold some frappuccinos in front of your, you're great. I mean, it was the most feminist show ever to be a part of during that time. So, and another period too, they just wrote my pregnancy into the, they did, into the whole thing. So it was great. It was yeah. awesome. Um, I'm, I'm sure your representative would love if I remind everybody that season five of Orange is the New Black premieres on June 9th on Netflix. I, I would be lying if I said I've watched the show. M- my wife and I literally watch the NBA animated comedies and live action shows that you are in. Okay. But I, we haven't gotten, that's the one that we that's haven't the gotten one. to. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But I we're totally living in it. like a wet, hot, another period kind of world. Are you living in that world? I like that. Well, you know, another period comes out in July. Season, okay. Season three of another period. And more wet, hot American summer. That comes right? out in August. Yeah. How was uh, was filming that any different this time around than it w- was last time? And I don't mean necessarily in terms of your personal experience, although I'd love to hear about that as well. But with uh, coordinating people's schedules and all that. Well, yeah. Everyone. I mean, even last season. I mean, everyone became wildly famous after mm-hmm. two thousand. You know, it was a lot of famous people in that movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was difficult. Uh, certainly for David and Showalter to to get everyone's schedules together, but people love yeah. each other. They want to make it happen, and they just want to make it happen. So yeah. you know, you know, you just do what you can. I mean, I think maybe 
John Hamm came in like for like an afternoon. He had like seven and a half hours and they just made it work. And I think they did a lot of green screen stuff that looks seamless. It looks yeah. really, really good. Yeah. It was um, not quite so seamless the last time, although they had fun with it. I enjoyed where uh, Bradley Cooper becomes DJ Ski Mask. Yeah, but come on, that's great, yeah, that's right? That's really, really good. Yeah, that is turning lemons <laughs> you into can, lemonade. You can only do that on Wet Hot, you know? Yeah. I'm such a huge fan, so I, the fact that I have gotten to do... It is great. It's so exciting. Yeah. Well, yeah. congratulations to you. I'm happy for you. Thanks. Thank and you. And I think you're a welcome addition to that crew. Thanks. Um, a little bit of background on you. You, uh, if I understand correctly, raised in a military family, moved around a little bit? Yeah, I moved around. My stepdad was in the Air Force. He was mm-hmm. a colonel in the Air Force. And so I moved around every two years, basically. I lived in all, South Korea. I lived all, all over the place. And um, then I... I settled in Florida for high school, and then I went to college in Florida, and then went to New York City, and uh, I've been in L.A. for like over 10 years now. So, yeah. But yeah, I was growing up, I moved every two years of my life. I feel like a lot of people, especially a lot of entertainers, you hear the story of, you know, uh, Army moved around, always had to make new friends. Do you mm-hmm. feel like that line of thinking holds any water? It certainly makes you adaptable to new situations, and I would say... For me, getting involved in theater really helped me make friends. You know, we could, you know, I could find my people, basically. But it was interesting moving around. Some years I would be cool, and some years regionally I would just be incredibly uncool. No kidding. So, yeah, I I know what it's like to be popular and incredibly unpopular, which I think is a good way to be. Do you think it was because you were going through different seasons of your life, or do you think it really was? That could be it. I didn't think about it like that. I I think... uh, Where did you stink? I was, uh, I would say Virginia. I remember the first day of school, <laughs> I fell in a grand fashion and all my books flew oh. everywhere and I was like bleeding and like no one would help me with my books and it was in between classes. So there was just like tons of people and um, yeah, it was terrible. The first like yeah. half of the year and then I joined a little play called Godspell. Oh, and then I found my friends. Around. Yeah. Really turns things around when you, you know, get to sing day by day. Um and not to bring it back to wet hot, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I was there for nine months and then mm-hmm. I left. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was uncool, but then yeah. I went to another place where I got to be cool. And then where were you cool? Uh, I would say Florida. I was cool in Florida. <laughs> I'd rather be cool in Florida than be cool in Virginia. I think I, I think you played that well. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. Um, yeah. So. And then you got, at some point, you got involved in uh, improv. Yeah, when I moved out to Los Angeles, I started, uh, I went through Second City, so I moved, I, I, okay. you know, I was there for two years and, you know, did that and sketch comedy and met a lot of people. That's really where I got into comedy. When I went to New York, I thought I was like a real theater actor. I thought that would be yeah. my thing. Um, yeah, I had to get out of there too. I, I love New York though. <laughs> I now, you know, I love that I get to work in New York now. Yeah. I just like right. wasn't getting, you know, I'm not a Broadway caliber singer. Well, so. that's the thing. It's, it, there's there's only rarefied circles you can really crack into. I got yeah. fired from a job in New York, and I was like, okay, realistically, I can work on Saturday Night Live, Conan O'Brien, or The Daily Show, and I'm pretty sure none of them are hiring. Right. You were, know? were you trying to be a right? Were you? I don't know what I was trying to be. I still don't know what I'm trying to be. <laughs> I just like, what kinda, are you trying to do? I don't really know. I, I, I do everything. I do a little bit of, of everything. I've been doing uh, uh, stand-up. I just wrote a book with a pro wrestler. <gasps> I mean, really? I do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Can we talk about the pro wrestler? Uh, the sure. pro wrestler. His name is Austin Aries. Okay. And he is um, he is vegan. Oh. Yeah. Is he big? Is he like a big guy? Not particularly. He's um, 
You should tell him to eat, eat meat. I think that might help. <laughs> he might be lacking an iron. He might be lacking an iron. Um, he's like uh, he's like my height. He's like five nine or something like that. So he's like fit for a guy that size. But there's guys in the WWE who are like six foot four. So I think they actually created a new um, like weight division, so guys his size can also be in on the action because you could not plausibly throw him in there with the right. giants. And why know? did you want to write a book about him? Like, what is he? His people came. To me. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically their angle was um, every single interview he does, people go, so, vegan, uh, really, why don't you just eat it. a steak? And he's like, I just want to put down in book form basically what the, like, the long to answer book. to that question is and then and then put it away. And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be vegan. I'm pescatarian. That's enough. That's enough. Okay. Yeah. Well, do you, in, in terms of the um, ecological impact I can definitely understand where fish are becoming probably just as dicey as, oh, yeah. as land animals. But but ethically, I can't wrap my head around having a problem with eating a fish. I mean, yeah, if somehow that has... I'm similar. I'm just like, well, I guess I can... You know, they don't seem that... There's, I mean, nothing, they, there's, there's nothing, nothing there. No, I no, look no. at their eyes. They say, I don't see anything. I'm going to eat yeah. you. Would you have a problem with eating ants? Uh, no, I wouldn't have that big of a... I wouldn't. Right. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't do it, I don't think. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess chocolate covered ant would be fine, but they say plant uh, and bug protein is a big part of humankind's future. So we got that to look forward right, to, right? Because the fish will be gone because of all the plastic <laughs> in the ocean. Yeah, right. great. I can't wait. Well, yeah. I guess I gotta, I gotta get my palate ready for grasshoppers and things like that. Yeah, I think all of us do. Yeah. So what is um, what's the first? I I think the first thing that I saw you in is Burning Love. Maybe. Yeah, a lot of people did. Yeah. Yeah. That was so fun to do. I love Burning Love. Yeah, I was a really, really big fan of that show. I just texted her. There was uh, Erica Oyama who wrote it, mm-hmm. who's Ken Marino's wife. Yes. Um, she is a fantastic, brilliant writer. And I just texted her. There was um, Us Weekly or People Magazine or something. There was like a little cover of all the bachelorettes with their babies. And I was like, what if we do season four mm-hmm. where it's just like, a, you know, just a one off, you know, where are they now kind of thing? And she's like, OK, I'll well, think about it. But yeah, I felt like that show um, gained momentum as it as it I felt like it was a bigger thing at the end than it was in the beginning. Yeah. Well, at first it was just a, it was a web series on right. Yahoo. So it was, you yeah. know, people. I don't know, weren't watching it or whatever. I think word of mouth. I'm not really sure, but people wound up seeing it quite yeah. a bit. Um, yeah, I loved I loved doing that. It was so fun. Did you have any, like, would you have been a person who would have watched The Bachelor at all before that? No, I watched it uh, when I got Burning Love just to see what it was. Sure. And then I got hooked, and so now I'm watching it. I still watch it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The current season of The Bachelorette's pretty good. How long did it take you to get into it? Because we watched as an experiment on my other radio show the mm-hmm. finale of, I guess, The Bachelor this past season, and it was—I mean, it's, it was—it was repellent. To oh, me. oh yeah, it's horrible, and everyone's horrible. And actually, the past couple of years, I'm like, oh, everything's so boring. Everything is so boring. Yeah. But this—I don't mind that it's fake, but it's like fake in a shitty way. Yeah, it's shitty. It's yeah. shitty. <laughs> I know. I had to. I took some time off. I just started again this season, just yeah. because. It's less boring. I got you. So you, uh, well, just in general, do you object to me saying that you specialize in playing like crazy women? <laughs> I, um, I don't object to you saying that. You're probably right. I play like slightly unstable characters, but I think that's part of because of Burning Love. Once I did Burning Love, uh-huh. I started playing more of those types of characters. Oh, is that the? Are you typecast? I might be typecast as a crazy person. <laughs> How? Why do you think that that is a a thing that comes somewhat? naturally to you 
do I I don't know do I have like a deep well yeah. of rage inside I'm me I'm asking if you are crazy asking? yeah um I don't think so I think I can I think I have access to large emotions though fairly easily like I could cry on cue or scream or freak out or all those things yeah yeah is that a theater thing or is that a natural thing well probably from when i was little i would look in the mirror and like you know try to cry you know i was a real dorky actor kid i would like tape my eyes shut and pretend i was blind and be like what is it like to be blind and that kind of stuff oh you're like the real theater person i'm a real like a throwback you know all of them do that right no am i the only one maybe i am crazy i think all the theater kids do yeah probably um do you think this is a random question that you and your husband have particularly funny uh, relationship banter since you are both professionally funny people? Um, do you want the honest answer? Yeah, I would say no. Right. I would say we are. I would say no. Yeah, we are not. We're not like hilarious uh, back and forth together. Sometimes we are. Yeah, it's not like a his girl Friday. <laughs> it's not that. Yeah. I mean, although last night we had fun last night. Uh-huh. Yeah. We had, we like, you know, uh-huh. I won't say what I did, but maybe, well, we smoked a little pot is what happened. We smoked a little pot right. and we laughed. We talk about pot on the lactation okay, great. hour. Great. Lactation, lactation <laughs> hour. Guys, I'm not lactating now, so I can smoke <laughs> a little bit of pot. Um, yeah, we smoked pot and we, we laughed and we actually did have some witty banter. Oh, that's but good. But having a kid, you know, it's a lot of logistics. It's yeah. a lot of like, okay, I'm going to be home at four. Mm-hmm. So then I got to go and do this thing. It's, yeah. it's, oh, I got to get out of here like right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of that. Um, but certainly in groups like when we go to parties yeah we're on we're ready to go you are you are on and, sure. and, and i guess it's too early to know but do you think you're funny parents because i think i'm like relatively amusing to adults i'm not really a, i'm not my kid is not old enough to get my my jokes um, yet we yeah but it's because eli's funny uh-huh. my kid is super funny he's 14 oh, so you're months saying old. it's my kid's fault i'm just saying your kid's dry <laughs> as fucking toast um but and my kid's amazing but it's fine whatever um no your kid's amazing i'm being an asshole i don't know your kid yeah, yeah he's yeah, five yeah. and perfect all children are perfect um, for a little while it's funny to watch them turn into assholes <laughs> they do a little well because I, I thought about this when my dude was in um like a whatever baby prison you what's know, his name daycare his name is gray gray oh i like it so thank you when uh, when gray was in b- baby daycare mm-hmm. it occurred to me i like that you call it baby prison <laughs> it was just it's all it really is you know Aww. you just they put up the little pack and play walls and yeah, they just they wander just... around and they're like it's a prison yard <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that, uh that i really i got to know all the kids that were in his class and i um and i really liked like every single one of them i thought that they were just beautiful little human beings and then it occurred to me that i was sort of put off by almost every single one of their parents uh-huh. and it's just not mathematically possible that all of these people are going to be really awesome people with really terrible parents. Right. And then I actually hung around that school long enough to watch some of them start to flip. And become better people? No, and become or, assholes. Oh, oh, I see. I was like, the oh, parents the, or the children? No, the children. The, the children. children. Yeah, okay. no, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, 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 the bloom came off and yeah. I could see. My kid is still, uh, it, it, the level of of of, of purity the pure joy, like mm-hmm. when he laughs, he laughs just from 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 like a, a, a godly yeah. place. But he's gonna get a dark side. Sure, you know, it's a matter of time. I think Eli already has a dark side. Mm-hmm. Well, he has a fun sense of humor. You know, he's like, I don't know. He has been clocking me in the face lately, though. Yeah, a little bit, and I'm like gentle, and he's he looks at me, 
And then he does it again. And I'm like, oh, no, you're becoming kind of a jerk. Yeah. It's so sad. Um, no, he's just funny, though, man. He's funny. He started walking at nine months. That's early. Which is super early. And he's talking and he's running. And he's a, he's a maniac. That's great. I know. How did you, uh, 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 how did the Children's Hospital come along for you? Uh, Children's Hospital, you know, I'm friends with a lot of those guys is right. how it came along. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. So so yeah. after you get into Burning Love and you're kind of in that crew and obviously- you have Children's your- Hospital happened before Burning Love, I think. It did? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Way before. I was in it. I was on Children's Hospital since season two in a very tiny capacity and it just kind of- Grew. Grew. Yeah. It grew. Okay. Basically what happened is, mm-hmm. you know, there might be a little bit of nepotism going on, but then they were like, oh, she's kind of like funny and let's throw in some more stuff. And then it just- Got bigger and bigger in terms of right my part right. Mm-hmm. Does it feel like you're like 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 you're at, you, you're like invited to sit at the cool kids table in the cafeteria? Uh, I didn't think of it like that because I think of them as my friends. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I I mean when I think about how awesome all those people are yeah, and yeah. how they're right. kind of at the top of their game working in comedy today, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know Cordry. I know I know Hubel. Like yeah, they're yeah. they're they're normal, approachable, nice human yeah, beings. Yeah, just like nice people. But um. But wildly funny and just genius level hilarity and all of that. So, yeah, I mean, it's for sure. For sure. A random uh, burning love question. Was Natasha Leggero wearing any pants? She uh, she was vag out. No, I'm kidding. She was wearing <laughs> uh, small spanks. Oh, I which, see. She's so little. She's like four foot 11. Mm-hmm. And so she looks adorable. I mean. Even if she was pantsless, she'd be like, "Oh, it's it's she's adorable." Yeah, it's like you know having a, li- I mean? a little little half naked nymph. It's just like a little half naked wood nymph running around. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, but she was wearing she was wearing like little spanky pants, spanks. Gotcha. And then they kind of like blurred in some right. pubes or whatever, <laughs> 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 which I did too. I I had like something where I was supposed to be pantsless, and then I watched it, and they blurred out. I, mean, I was wearing yeah. the same thing, and they sh- then they made like a little animated butt cheek. And crack, which wow. I thought was really kind of crazy. That could happen to any of us. Then, yeah. that's what you're so telling I'm me. I'm just saying I'm not wearing pants right now. Right, exactly. But no one will ever be able no to. No one will ever know. Be able to prove that. Nope. And then um, another period. I'm a really big fan of that show. I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's so it's so great. Well, that came about in an interesting way too. I mean, Natasha and Ricky, um, you know, created that, and then you know, we all just did like a little pilot presentation. They asked me to do it. I did it for free. Mm-hmm. And then Comedy Central was like, oh, okay, well then, yeah, we'll let you do a pilot. Mm-hmm. And then we did that. And that, so it, it came from like a two minute little thing into a pilot, you know, and it's all them. I mean, they, they created yeah. it because originally a lot, everyone passed and they were like, screw this. We're putting our own money in and we're going to like do it ourselves. It's a solid concept. It's it's like it, um, for people who aren't familiar, it's a reality show about an incredibly rich family in the turn turn of the century. Yeah, yeah. It's like Downton Abbey meets the Kardashians, basically. Right, right. Yeah. In and the- I, I play Blanche, the head housemaid. I'm like, you know, in the downstairs part, I'm sort of the head housemaid who has hysteria. And, yeah. Uh, once again, crazy. B- b- crazy. A little crazy. Yeah. Uh, a little in and out of mental institutions, that kind of thing. Super fun to play. Last season I got to, um, I was, I was, I was two weeks late, so I was like 10 months pregnant, and I called them, and I was like, can I come back to work? Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the scenes I was like giving birth in a silverware closet, and I had to like gnaw off an umb- the umbilical cord yes. and like deliver my own baby and all that. And at that point, I was 10 months pregnant, and the crew, after 
after you know it was like cut and the crew was just horrified they were just like are you okay is there are you this was freaky yeah it was a little like, too real i was like yeah no i'm sure i bet i'll be fine i don't think this is how i'm going to give birth so this is fine right 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 <laughs> this if anything this will make you appreciate exactly exactly in, it was way in a, easier in a bed with lights and yeah and all that. it was way easier had an ocean view you know it was fine uh yeah uh, uh wonder woman was uh, five months pregnant when she was Megan Wonder Woman, they Are say. Are you serious? Right. Kind of crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. How? Because she's wearing like a little... Uh, don't ask me. Hey, listen. I didn't show till seven months, so I get it. But that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Good yeah. for her. See? So what, what, so what can people look forward to on this season of Orange is the New Black? Um, what I can say is that this season takes place over the course of three days. Mm-hmm. So it... it uh, you know, it, it kind of picks up where we left off last season, which yeah. was in the prison riot, the beginning of a prison riot, essentially. Yeah. And this is sort of the aftermath. I watched the preview. Of yeah, this is sort season. of the aftermath of that. And, um, you know, it's very, uh, you know, it's role reversal of power because now the prisoners are in power. And, mm-hmm. and um, it's a crazy wild ride of a season for sure. And I'm stuck in the bathroom. So, for you know, at the beginning. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's a great season. It's It's very exciting for sure. So I want to ask you about where you see yourself going from here and where you want to go from here. I noticed your biography says that you are positioned to be the next big name in comedy. Oh my gosh! And I Is know that what it says. And I know that you do not write that. I and did probably, not write that. And probably yeah, you did not dictate that angrily at three a.m. after some. After I am positioned to be the next big name in comedy. <laughs> do you know what position I'm in? Let me tell you. I am in position. Oh no, that's terrible. But that's just—it's just bio speak. And I know that I, I apologize. Um, it's embarrassing for me to even say that. That is actually long. like I feel like I'm going to puke a little bit. But that's um, that's what this stuff always. Mm-hmm. I've got plenty of comic friends in it, and 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 you know, it's total uh, miscreants and dirtbags, and they're they're also <laughs> just just so you know you've got some competition. They are also positioned to be. Oh wow, the next really? Big I have name. a couple of miscreants and dirtbags. <laughs> Did I say miscreant right? Is it miscreant? I assume it's miscreant. Um, I I don't know. I just want to keep working. Yeah. I mean, I have these three shows coming out. I'm going to be in um, L.A. to Vegas, which is a new show on Fox. Cool. Um, just like a little recurring thing on that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, for me, I'm a you know I'm a comedic television actress. I just kind of want to keep doing that. You know, I love I love TV and I love mm-hmm. comedy and yeah, that's basically. What I'd like to do. I know it's so simple. It's basic. That's great. But uh, the luckiest people on earth are people who want things that they can have. Yeah, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I actually agree. If you always wanted to be a garbage man, you are are a prince among men. Well, you know, once I retire from this, I'd like to be a garbage man. (laughs) Well, I am pulling for you. So thank you for for that. I appreciate it. Do you um, you audition for shows that you know are not good that would pay you a lot of money oh yeah all the time yeah totally what would your reaction but be sometimes i get upset sometimes i'm like if i got this mm-hmm. would i really want to do it because i feel like i've been doing some cool shit lately yes and so i'm like do i really want this crappy show i don't know and it seems like the curse of at least comedic talent like if you're a, if you're a, a great dramatic actor or actress you don't just have to do some shitty drama right to to cash in but you know one example that comes Sometimes to mind you do. I, yeah I, but that's not necessarily where the big money is those would be like missteps or maybe you got divorced or have some gambling right. debts you need to deal with but like i think of like a like um uh tom thomas lennon and robert ben how do you say his last name ben Grant. ben Grant. like they like 
the Night at the Museum movies. Like they they wrote a book about how shitty the movies that they <laughs> write are because they can they they get to have their cake and eat it too. They write the commercial stuff and make a lot of money, and then they get to do. They're very very fortunate. But the fact remains, they are two amazingly talented people who are making the lion's share of their money off of crap. Well, I don't think that they write it thinking it's crap. I mean, I think they make. I think they take certain jobs, you know, knowing what it is, you know, Herbie the Love Bug or whatever. But yeah. like, um, but I think their jokes are funny. I mean, they, you know what I mean? They're able to, and they're they're also like script doctors. They can punch up things that their names aren't even on. You know what I I'm mean? Sure. I mean, they're just funny. They're just like, they just have jokes at the ready all the time. Um, but yeah, I think that they're not uh, embarrassed about saying that they do things sometimes just for the financial gain of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they also do other things that's just their own. Um, voice and and their own personal comedic taste and and that's also hilarious and as well you know um, but someone's finding it funny someone's going to see it you know? <laughs> yeah no and I don't disparage yeah. mainstream entertainment I'm a yeah. total raging snob now but when I was a <laughs> pure <laughs> yeah. child I enjoyed all the direct sure. that Hollywood had to offer so I don't begrudge anybody yeah that, totally you know? listen man get in where you fit in I say right 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 well you have gotten in where you fit in and that is on three TV series which are all returning C-R-I. soon mm-hmm. um Another period on Comedy Central. Yes. And What Hot American Summer, net, being on a Netflix uh, uh, series just in general, pretty cool. Yeah, I'm in the Netflix family. It's awesome. That's Netflix good. is rad. There's so much stuff coming out every time. It's just like crazy the amount of programming that comes out on Netflix. I know. It's, it's wild. It's actually too much. I don't know who is actually consuming. Yeah, well, some, yeah. I think everybody who has Netflix has things on Netflix that they want to watch that they yeah. haven't been able to get to, which implies to me a bad business model for Netflix, but that's <laughs> not know. my business. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, well, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. It, uh, it really has been a pleasure to meet you. I'm a me big too. fan of all of your stuff. And uh, remind everybody, Orange is the New Black premieres June 9th, uh, season five on Netflix. Thank you very much. You are at Beth Dover One. Yes. On Twitter, and Twitter, Instagram. Instagram, all of it. Okay. Yeah, all of it. Who is this Beth Dover that keeps taking? Your I don't name? know. I'm like, well, I can't get the Beth Dover. Yeah, know. Twitter's pretty brutal about. They yeah. will not. They will not. Um, if someone, well, someone did get perfect example. Someone did get Donald Trump apparently. Oh really? And well, so he then, is real Donald Trump. Oh yeah, you're right. So they can't. They won't. They won't do it. I don't. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Right. Screw that guy. <laughs> Screw that guy. All right. I don't like that guy. And remember, the lactation hour is mm-hmm. uh, coming up next. Right, exactly. <laughs> For more lactation tips, you can go to our website. Exactly. Thank you very much, Beth. Thank you.